Welcome to the Velocity Podcast. A study in monology. This is your grumpy uncle Peter. He will say words at you. Yesterday was a, a quite a good day, but it was a national holiday in Japan, which meant I didn't get to do what I wanted to do. One of the things I want to do on my day off is this podcast. It got shoved. I'm doing it the day after I normally do it after work, which is, is okay. Uh, I have taken a note of the lighting, and the thinness of my hair is dramatic. <laughs> One of the uh, problems of, of switching to video is I now can look at my own head, which is a thing I've never wanted to do before. And uh, the top-down, f- really bright fluorescent light is not it's accentuating the shininess of the skin under the hair. I think I've talked about losing my hair before. It doesn't bug me. The only thing that really bugs me about losing my hair is I'm losing it unevenly. So it's not going back like in a straight line. It's going back like some on one side and then less on the other. And then I got sort of these straggly hairs that are left over that I believe I should just shave and stuff. Uh, I want to shave my head. But Japanese people have a very weird idea. So my wife's included. Like you'll shave your head and your hair won't come back. Just not how that works. Uh, it's the same thing like people say like you shave and your beard will grow back in fuller. That's not actually how that works. None of that's actually relevant. Uh, well, I guess today's whole podcast is not relevant. I got five more of these that I'm doing and I'm moving everything over to C. McBee. Uh, C. is probably going to have like a random episode every month or two where it's just all these little topics. But this is, this is basically a preview of what's going to come on the C maybe I have to give it some kind of name. It's gonna be like randomitis. And uh, just that's blanked. I do have to work on my lighting, my setup. I guess the the cool young thing is to get that like LED lights all around the the roof and it's all sort of it's just too dark though. So i and then there's the ring light that goes right in your face. I bet it would make my face look okay, but then again light up the top of my head like uh Lighthouse is the word I was just trying to remember. Wow. It's been tough. So I have some random topics. I'm just going to do the random topics. We're going to enjoy the random topics. We're going to have some, some, some good times. And the first good time we're going to have is talking about flat earthers. There's a couple of videos on the internet where flat earthers have actually disproven themselves. There's one that's my favorite one. He says, if the earth is flat, I should be able to line up these two pieces of wood that are the same height with a hole in it and flash the, the light through the hole. And then the person on the other side, X amount of meters away, should be able to see it. Uh, if the earth is curved, he would have to lift it up. And then lo and behold, literally the thing he says that would prove the earth is round happens. 
that's again when you are the mental gymnastics you have to go through to still believe the earth is flat even though you said if this happens then the earth is round I don't understand that way of thinking I, I have had my ideas changed at times in my life and that's a good thing you should not have a singular idea and just have that idea stuck in your head forever and just live with that idea flat earthers believe that Australia does not exist and to me this would be the greatest proof that what they're saying is not accurate fair reasonable I think I just tried to say two words at the same time there uh, because it's one thing to have a conspiracy theory so I, en- I enjoy conspiracy theories I enjoy hearing about them it's a completely different thing to have a conspiracy theory that's so complicated now, so any, every conspiracy theory you have there's an interesting way to prove conspiracy theories are not true and that is how many people would have to be complicit for it to be successful uh, so even like something like uh, they're trying to put chips in the vaccines that are coming out during the pandemic every single doctor uh, the companies that make it uh, not just one company though it would be like the company that makes Pfizer, the company that makes Moderna, the company that makes it, all these things. All those companies would have to be complicit. Every person in those companies would have to be complicit. There would have to be zero whistleblowers and zero people with a conscience who would come out and say, uh, our company's going to chip everybody with this vaccine, don't take it. Early days of the pandemic in Japan, I think maybe in sort of Asia would be fair, they actually said that this was a virus engineered and a virus engineered came up a few times. This was a, a virus engineered to kill old people. And that was going to take care of sort of the old age support people in Japan problem and other similar nations where you have a graying nation. Uh, so therefore the pension system is under like a really heavy load. And that's problematic for future generations. So actually the simplest answer would be kill all the old people. Oh, Again, the complicit rate would have to be so high for that to be successful. And then people would have to never figure it out. And then if people did, like the backlash would be so huge. But anyways, we're going to get back to that. It's actually flat earthers is what I want to talk about in Australia. Not so flat earthers believe because of the, the, the way that the disc they've created with the wall of ice around it, that Australia does not exist. But then we have Australians like Chris Hemsworth, uh, who I'm not going to talk about today. I'm not going to talk about his his incredibly uh, firm pectoral muscles. I'm not going to talk about the the rigidness of his forearms. I'm not going to talk about the ripply nature of every muscle on his body. I'm not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Australia not existing. So flat earthers say, if you fly to Australia, what actually happens is you get on an airplane, and they fly up in the air, and they fly in a circle. And they land you down somewhere in the middle of America. And everyone you meet who's Australian are actually just actors. And those actors, uh, they pretend they're Australian. So every Australian person you've ever met is an actor. And all the news that's produced, anything that happens in Australia that gets on the news or, or media and everything, that's all produced to maintain the lie that Australia exists. So this goes beyond the level of 
the complicit nature of putting like chips in vaccines and, and uh, mind controlling everyone in the world. Bill Burr actually made a comment that was actually really relevant to that. It was about how the people who take the vaccine voluntarily aren't the ones you want to be controlling because they're doing as they're told. You actually want to control the people who don't want the vaccine. I guess the mental gymnastics you have to do there is like, then you could identify them and kill them and get rid of them or something else. Or they could all die from the mysterious uh, disease that's killing all the unvaccinated people, ironically. So again, the level of complicitness. So you would have to have every single Australian person, again, in quotes, every single Australian person would have to be on board. You would have to have the airlines on board, pilots, uh, the people who, air traffic controllers, people who design uh, satellite systems, people who design, like all these engineers would all have, they would all have to be complicit. The whole flat earth thing falls apart when you end up talking to physicists and engineers, because a lot of what they do for it to work requires physics to be real. And the physics as we understand it tend to be based on gravity and the world we live on, which is round. And so the things we understand and do work because of the way we see and understand the world in reality, like a globe. And gravity has to work. So the fact that you're able to use a cell phone means the Earth is round. Because GPS and satellites and all these other things, that it, you know, it's not connected all the time, but the fact that it works means that those things exist. So you have every single engineer, every single physicist, most academics in the sciences, so in, everyone basically in STEM, uh, pilots, airlines, so these are a lot of corporations. Uh, you want to get down to like map-making companies. Just, yeah, and then all the, the sheer volume of actors, the millions of people in the world who claim to be Australian would all have to be 100% on board and never break to maintain the lie. And it's the never breaking is actually the hard part. So you let's say you could get all those people on board and they're, they're doing it and do it and do it, but the pressure of lying constantly, the pressure of being, like living a lie, would be too much for a percentage of those people. So them coming out and saying, I'm not actually Australian, I'm actually from Texas, I put on this accent, I studied it in acting school, uh, they, they gave me a coach, we just made up the accent anyway, so it was pretty easy to learn. You would need everyone on board with that 100% of the time, always, for it to be successful. And no one has broken. Like, I have never met or I've never seen news stories or never seen on the internet an Australian person just come out and then drop their accent and go, look, I'm actually from Canada. Uh, they pay 50% of Canadians to pretend to their Australians because we already have slightly weird accents, so it's easy enough for us to change. People believe us. Australians are nice. Canadians are nice. That's not a coincidence. Uh, they're friendly people. They take the friendliest Canadians and make them Australians. That's how it works. You've never heard that story. You've never heard a pilot come out and say, like, like we, you've heard pilots say, I've seen UFOs. You've never heard a pilot go, like, I flew to Australia, but I, it didn't actually exist. I just flew around in a circle for a couple of days. You've never heard engineers who work with satellites go, yeah, I, I tell everyone that the Earth is round and its uh, gravity works, but it doesn't. That's never happened. And why has it never happened is because it's hard to break this to whoever whoever's out there. Uh, the earth is round. And what you believe is not true. And it's 
sadly pretty easy to prove overall. Just go find that video of the guy with the two boards with the hole in it. He proved it himself, and he's a believer. I have a friend who did judo with me. Uh, this was like two years ago now because of the pandemic and stuff. Having a lot of experience in something, it made me realize that you notice incredibly small details that a normal person would never notice, which is interesting because it gives you this weird insight into what's going to happen. So this is a very small story. It's only vaguely related to judo. So we, you do judo, and when you do judo, when you start, your knuckles, you grab onto the judo suit and you pull and pull and pull. So your front knuckles, not your punching knuckles, your front knuckles get worn and you get blisters there, and then you'll get calluses Mine are actually gone, which I'm very sad about because it shows that I have not actually been doing judo in a very long time. And then you will sooner or later during the wrestling or while uh, fighting and moving around the mats, scrape the top of your toes. So the skin will come off the top of your toes. Now it just scrapes off a couple layers. It's called mat burn. Happens to everybody, happens all the time. It's no big deal. Uh, You put a Band-Aid on it, day or two later, it's fine. So it's not like it's ripped and blood is coming out. It's just the, the top layer of skin come off, so it's wet. It's, it's that kind of wet, and it tingles and stuff, and it feels pretty terrible. Now, that time, we were both not showering at the judo club. We were going to go home right after the practice. And I noticed he had had a really tough night, and he had scraped his toes and his the, 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 the knuckles, and the, his front knuckles. I don't know what they're actually called. And I said to him, wow, tonight's shower is going to suck. Now, I did not preface that statement with all the stuff I just said to you. I literally just walked up to a friend of mine and said, Hey, buddy, tonight's shower is going to suck. And he looked at me like I was really weird. Like, that is a very odd thing to say. Now, in my head, I had the context, but I hadn't given the context to him. So I was just like, huh, uh, he's looking at me weird. So I'm actually just going to stop talking now and just let it go. And then later that evening, I got a text from him and he, he said, Oh my God, I know what you mean now. Tonight's shower really sucked. Because as soon as water, hot or cold water, doesn't matter, hits those exposed skin areas, it stings. It stings so much. And so as soon as he felt that pain, he understood what I was saying, that I had been through this. And in fact, if I go back to judo now, I'm going to have to go through that again. I'm going to have to like build up the calluses on my toes and on my hands and stuff, which means there's going to be a shower early in the first few weeks where I scrape the skin off and I take that shower and the shower hits that exposed skin and it just feels like it's hitting nerves and it doesn't matter again if it's hot or cold or whatever and that shower is going to suck. But I'm wondering now if other sort of experts in other areas can see things like that on people without actually even thinking about it and go, oh, this is going to lead to this experience that you're going to have later today. Mine's very specific. I'm assuming they would all be incredibly specific but it'll be interesting if there was some way I could get that information from someone else. If you are an expert in something, I would like to know what you have seen that you've been able to predict accurately and the context therein. Uh, of course, I'm starting this as we get down to the last five episodes of Veloci Podcast, so there's a good chance you'll send it to me, and I'll never actually even have an episode where I get to visit it again. But uh, just let me know. I, I love you anyways. This is a topic that I wanted to touch on. But I had to be very careful about because I don't want to sound pro-men's movement, which is a weird thing to sound. I have talked about toxic masculinity in the past. and I've talked about it because I grew up in that environment. I am a result of toxic masculinity. I live and breathe and exist from that world. Now, I'm aware of it 
So I have tried very much to change it or control it or be a better person. But there's a lot of stuff in there that I relate to. And there's things that don't get said enough. Now, I've watched a couple of videos. There's MGTOW, which is men go thine own way or something like that. Uh, and they're dumb. And then there's men's equality, uh, which, again, men are equal. So I don't think that's the issue. They did have International Men's Day, which I, a lot of feminists got online and said, this is stupid, we shouldn't have it. Every day is Men's Day. And I agreed with their sentiment where I didn't agree with the fact. So what I mean is like, you're saying that men have all the advantages. I actually, yes, I agree with that. Uh, But that doesn't mean that men still don't have issues. And if you want true equality, men's issues must be dealt with in a very sincere and serious way, which feminists saying all men should die is not really dealing with the issues that men deal with. Because what you want to do is lift women up and you don't actually want to bring men down. That's actually the... a mistake. You want to make people actually equal. So you just want to bring women up to men's level. But then the issues that men have, you don't want those to transfer over to women. Uh, That actually would be worse. So you don't want that kind of equality. You want equality across the board, which means fixing men's problems, which would make them behave better and be better people and treat people more equally naturally. And you want to lift up women in the way so they all become equal together. The... A side, B side problem of this issue is, again, it's the tribalism, uh, the, the uh, opponent's attitude is what actually is going to be problematic for actually attaining any sort of equality. Now, the men's issues they talk about. So International Men's Day is supposed to highlight like men commit suicide at a much higher rate than women. Uh, men suffer from depression, uh, but they don't do anything about it. Men suffer in ways and they, they're taught to suffer silently. This is stuff that I actually relate to. Like if I get hurt or something bad happens to me, I don't tell people. I try to take care of it myself or I'll go to the doctor. And I'm like, I've gone to the doctor and not even told my family about it, which is wrong. They should know that I'm sick and I'm in pain and they could support me. But I almost feel like taking that support from someone else is a weakness. And that weakness is what I'm trying to avoid because I'm a grew up a toxic masculine person and even when I'm consciously aware of it it's still very difficult for me to do it it's difficult for me to say kind things in the previous segment where I just finished and I said I love you that was fake and that is the closest I will ever come to sincerely telling someone I love them because I just feel like I cannot do that I'm supposed to suck it up and be stoic and not say anything recently I had a bit of realization. It came from sort of a video I saw. And that video said, uh, like, men don't get compliments. And I don't. I had a meeting with a guy who was my supervisor at the time. And his first question was, what was a compliment you've received? And I wasn't trying to be an asshole. But I said, well, I've never been complimented. So then he tried to expand. He said, like, something someone said to you that made you feel good. And again, silence. I was like, People don't talk to me that way. People don't say nice things to me. There is the other side of it. When someone compliments me, I get very uncomfortable. And I get uncomfortable because I honestly can't tell if they're being sarcastic or sincere. So I'll like say I bought a new suit, I'll wear a suit, and then I'll get some compliments. If it's from people I know, most of the time my reaction is negative because I feel like they're making fun of me. I don't feel like they're actually being sincerely complimented. The only people I can take compliments from are people I basically don't know uh, because they're 
the only reason for them to say it is because they're being sincere. And then I feel like buoyant. But there were two instances where I realized, uh, and it gives it some context. And one, I have had tons of injuries. My whole body has had, like, been broken basically from 30 years of judo. So my flexibility is poor. About four or five years ago, I started doing yoga. And a big thing for me was to put my legs straight, stand up, bend down, and touch my toes. It took me about three years to get to the point where I could touch my toes. And I've actually lost that ability, and I'm trying to get it back. I was in the judo club talking to a friend, the same guys in the previous story. He was incredibly supportive. He was one of the few men I felt like I could relate to and say kind things to. And I think it's because of the power dynamic. I was his teacher, and so I had taken him on. So I felt like he was my responsibility, but because he was very positive and sincere and helpful, it helped me open up so I could say nice things to him and he could say nice things to me and I would accept them. So that was tough. So he was encouraging me, saying like, you know, touch your toes and then I would do it. I had to kind of warm up to it, but I got to it and I touched my toes and I, I stood up and I, you know, there was a moment of pride and he was happy for me. And this woman walked up who was in the judo club and she said, can you do it like this, which is a harder stance. I think it was put your feet together or, or, yeah, I think it was put your feet together like so they're touching and then touch your toes, which is a little more difficult because I think mine were shoulder width apart or something like that. And I just, I suddenly felt really deflated and I felt really deflated because I had achieved something and then the immediate response from someone outside was, can you do more? And because I got it, I was sick in February I was in the hospital. I lost all my muscle mass. I got home. You can see the chin-up bar in the back. That's, if you're watching on Twitch, that's one of my basic at-home exercises, activities, is chin-ups. And uh, when I got out of the hospital, I could do three. And my goal is not to do like a sheer volume of as many as I can of messy chin-ups. I want to do is perfect chin-ups. So I try to do maybe even as few as possible, but they are absolutely perfect. And so I grab onto the bar and the bar is short enough that I can actually touch the ground and hold onto the bar at the same time. And I pull myself up and I pull myself in a slow, even motion. And then I lower myself down. I don't do a full extension because I don't want to like hurt my rotator cuff because you can actually overextend it. So I touch the ground. Now I don't, I don't land on my feet. I just touch the ground and I hold myself and then I go back up. And I managed to do, very recently, I think it was 14. And that was a personal best for me. And I was, again, in that moment, very proud. My wife was in the room, and she looked at me and said, and I said, you know, I just did 14 chin-ups, and, you know, trying to share this positive experience I had with her. And she looked at me and said, can you do it without touching the ground? And I know she wasn't being malicious, but at that moment, what I really wanted was someone to just say, good job. Uh, You did well. And for me, the only feedback I tend to get, and this might be part of my toxic masculinity, it might be part of the patriarchy, it might be part of the world around me. The only feedback I tend to get is, you've done X, can you do more? And that is depressing. Which is not how I wanted to end this podcast. Uh... But next time you see a dude, 
compliment him sincerely. If he does something, like tell him it was good, tell him it was, it was important. I struggle to say that to other people. That's actually something that I have to do and I find it really hard to do because again, I haven't received that kind of feedback. It's very hard for me to understand how to give that feedback and make it sound sincere. That's actually maybe the biggest problem is making it sound sincere because I often am sarcastic. So a lot of the things I say sound sarcastic even when they're not intended to be. But I think it would be worth saying if you got a guy in your life, if he's done something well, don't ask, just don't ask him if he could do more. Just tell him he's done a good job with what he's done. And I think maybe that would be one of the steps to making things more equal because then we can start, you know, talking to each other like people. It's a bit of a downer. I'll try to see if I can edit in something more fun at the end of that. The loss of the loss of podcast. The loss of podcast. Hey, sexy friend. He's making me his bitch. Maybe want to get a piece of that. Pretty good. I want to talk about sexy teens. I was getting erections. It's a very creepy feeling. I can guarantee that underwear theft will come up again. None of this is relevant. Pokemon. Pokeballs. 750 milliliter bottle of rum. Thank you for listening. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or anywhere you get podcasts. You can also watch on YouTube slash Podcast or streaming on twitch.tv slash chunkmcbeefjest. You can find Ninja News Japan on Facebook. Send questions or comments to speakpipe.com slash velocipodcast. Link in the description. Check out all the podcasts in the Velocipodcast family. See McBee, Ninja News Japan and Daily Affirmations Weekly. I didn't mean to end on a downer, I'll try and make the last four episodes full of joy and verve. If you want, you can encourage me, or someone else. Pretty much just go out and encourage someone, that would be great.